Welcome to the Forest Grove United Church of Christ podcast. Today we invite you to join us with Pastor Brendan in a conversation about a topic that can be difficult to face, but is an inevitable part of life, death and dying. Throughout history, people have grappled with the question and emotions that come with the end of life. How can we make the most of our time on earth? How can we cope with the loss of loved ones? And what lies beyond this life? As a community of faith, we believe that we can find comfort, guidance, and hope in our shared beliefs and experiences. We hope that through this conversation, we can come to a deeper understanding of what it means to live fully and die well. So join us as we explore this important topic and discover how we can support one another on this journey. Here's Pastor Brennan. I'd like us to hear this poem uh, by John O'Donohue called The Eyes of Jesus. I imagine the eyes of Jesus were harvest brown, the light of their gazing suffused with the seasons. The shadow of winter, the mind of spring, the blues of summer and the amber of harvest, a gaze that is perfect sister to the kindness that dwells in his beautiful hands. The eyes of Jesus gaze on us, stirring in the heart's clay the confidence of seasons that never lose their way to harvest. This gaze knows the signature of our heartbeat, the first glimmer from the dawn that dreamed our minds, the crevices where thoughts grow long before the longing in the bone sends them towards the mind's eye, the artistry of the emptiness that knows to slow the hunger of outside things until they weave into the twilight side of the heart. A gaze full of all that is still future-looking out for us to glimpse the jeweled light in winter stone, quickening the eyes that look at us to see through to where words are blind to say what we would love, forever falling softly on our faces, his gaze Flies the soul with light, laying down a luminous layer. Beneath our brief and brittle days, until the appointed dawn comes assured and harvest deft, to unravel the last black knot, and we're back in the home, in the house that we have never left. Amen. The poet talks about this house of the Lord and gives this illustration of how eternal life, how the mind of God is a dance between shadow and light, of life and death. And I want to talk about, before talking about this house of God that the psalm speaks of, I want to talk a little bit about the shadow of death that the psalm invites us to contemplate. We hear Psalm 23 every year in the season of Easter, a time when we're always singing the praises of the glory of resurrection. And so it's honest to take a moment and reflect upon death so we understand what is this great resurrection that we are yearning for. 
with that said, I want to acknowledge that the obvious, that if we're all sitting here today, we haven't died yet. We haven't had that experience. And we, we do live in a culture that avoids the topic, avoids thinking about the truth of our impermanence uh, completely, even in our medical systems. The, the whole goal of, of the medical system is to be, in many ways, at war with the truth of our finitude, our impermanence. And a great thing that our faith, that faith communities can offer is a place of honesty, a place of support, a place where we can hold each other in facing the mystery of, of death and be honest with each other about it and let it inform our being and our footsteps and every moment of our lives. And so with, with respect to the fact that I haven't died yet, I can only speak from my own personal experience of how I've experienced death and how my faith and spirituality has helped me meet death. The truth of the matter is that past the age of 25, when we become fully grown and we get that frontal cortex, we begin to die a little bit each day. We have little deaths every day. Uh, I want to talk about how some of the personal experience that I've had with death has been, uh, began early. Truthfully, as a liberal mainline Protestant minister, that's how I would describe the UCC, when we talk about heaven, we, we focus on, we tend to focus in the United Church of Christ when Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven, he was talking about a social reality and what we could, what we could make of this world if we were to act from a place of love and compassion. When we talk about the kingdom of heaven in the UCC, we're usually focusing on what the world would look like if we were to build our society on a foundation of love. And also, when we speak of heaven, it does speak to the, the eternal life of the soul. We tend to be, I think, more scientific or in our approach to religion and spirituality in the UCC. We tend to be rational functionalists. So the three-tiered universe cosmology of the medieval world doesn't quite make sense to many of us anymore and it doesn't quite comfort us, necessarily. And yet, we would be doing a disservice if in this space we didn't provide ways to dream of heaven, ways to be in wonder of a greater life and possibility beyond the, the passing away of our, our bodies. I do believe that even though in the UCC our faith points to, or emphasizes, how our faith inspires us to live in the moment and for today and for this world, our faith does also give us hope, inspiration, 
and imagination to help us face faith, death, face death with fearlessness and grace. I have had, after all, my, my spiritual journey was really catalyzed at a very young age when uh, my best friend, or one of my closest neighborhood friends, there were four of us young guys and we were inseparable. We were a bicycle gang. Uh, and one of us, uh, one summer, died suddenly in a water skiing accident. I remember also another example of how our culture avoids death. We think that children can't understand death. But it was, I have a very clear memory of how the community that I remember was the community of children coming together to wonder about death, to, to build little shrines in the woods together, to imagine what heaven is like, to really ask the question of what happens after, and honestly not try to explain it away the way all of the adults in our lives were trying to do, but face the mystery and relate to the mystery and wonder about it together. And that really, that practice of wonder, it has informed the rest of my spiritual life going forward. There was a dishonesty and a missed opportunity, I think, when we were told, you must be certain that this will happen, because that way we miss the, the truth of the awesome mystery that some cultures actually consider God. I think of how in the Lakota spiritual tradition, the word for God is grave mystery. Wakantanka. We can help each other embrace the mystery and befriend the mystery. When I, in many ways, I found on my spiritual journey for a time the Zen Buddhist approach to understanding death to be more practical in some ways than, uh, than my Christian tradition. The, um, and I spent years meditating with the Zen Buddhists. And the Buddhists, in their way of holding death, they just sit with the question and they allow the question to inform their lives. They embrace this, the philosophy that in order to die, we must learn how to live. In order to learn how, and learning how to live is learning how to die. And the poet Mary Oliver illustrates this, this practice of learning how to die so beautifully in her poem, Black in Blackwater Woods, when she says, in my lifetime, you must be able to do three things, to love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it, and when the time comes, to let it go. To let it go. And so that's a beautiful illustration of how learning how to live is learning how to die, learning how to die being learning how to live. To to practice love is to practice letting go, and it's when we actually practice letting go that we fall into the arms of a greater love. And so we experience death in small ways like that through, through
throughout life until we're faced with the great adventure. I've had the privilege of practicing meditation in the, the space with the Buddhists I mentioned, and I remember a teacher in that space said to me when I was about 20 years old, what if 20 is middle-aged? What if 20 is middle-aged? I think that we typically assume we have 80-year contracts, <laughs> but we don't have 80-year contracts. And so this shadow of death can be our friend. It can wake us up to our life. This is a way the Buddhists use the shadow of death, which is always all around us, to actually make us live life with greater awareness. Above the meditation hall, it said, let me respectfully remind you, on, on a wall hanging, it said, let me respectfully remind you, life and death are of supreme importance. Time swiftly passes by, and opportunity is lost. Each one of us should strive to awaken. Wake up. Don't squander your life. The shadow of death doesn't need to be a morbid thing that we avoid. It can be our friend. The mindfulness of death can be our friend and wake us up to the awesome wonder and mystery of being. And so that's enough about the shadow of death. What is this house of the Lord, the house that the poet that John O'Donoghue mentions as the home we never left? So we work with the shadow of death, but our faith suggests that the house of God is actually where we are. It's the eternal reality. All light and shadow are dancing in this greater house. Our small lives are like tunnel vision, our faith suggests. And then with each death and then the death of our body, it's like having the blinders peeled off and we realize the greater awareness, the greater unity that we were always a part of and that we go back to. That's what our faith suggests to us. We can, in, in meditating on this house of the Lord, this house of God, I think, I wonder if in our faith, we, we don't often say what we mean when we talk about God. If God is just another person that we go to and visit and have coffee with in the afterlife, I'm not sure that that concept helps us that much or makes sense to many of us anymore. But we can think of God as being. Our faith says that the name of God is I am that I am. By definition, God is being and becoming. God is ever-flowing life. God is change. God is the dance of the universe. God is awareness of awareness. I am that I am. Brahms' Requiem quotes 1 Peter that says, For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of humanity like flowers. The grass withers and the flower it fades, but the word of God endures forever. It's not so bad to be a flower. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we, from looking at flowers, we see how they go back into the ecosystem, into the soil, and become new gardens, new expressions of being. And so, when we hear of how we are in this house of God, this house of the Lord, we remember that we're bigger than Brendan, or Melissa, or Deb, or Ben, or Paul, or Sarah. All of you are beautiful flowers, and we are all beautiful flowers for a moment. But more importantly, part of that word that endures forever, part of the mind of God. We are in the mind of God. This is why our faith said we, that God is the love in which we live and move and have our being. That word of God in, that endures forever, and this is why I'm a Christian and not a Buddhist, is our faith says that that word of God that endures forever is love. Love is the mind of God. Love is the soul of the universe. That, that soul that is being and becoming. That dance that we're a part of. That consciousness that we are here trying to grow in and raise our hearts to. Our faith, unfortunately, doesn't say what's, it doesn't give us an absolute answer of what's going to happen. And it would be really boring if it did. <laughs> but what it does do is it gives us a direction. And it gives us the opportunity to touch that word that never dies to touch the part of ourselves within our souls that never dies, even before we die. It gives us the opportunity to allow ourselves to die even now to love, and touch and breathe and walk the eternal life in this moment. And even when it comes our time to wither like the flowers, we fall into the arms of that love with grace and courage. And so that's what death has taught me. And so let's not be afraid of the shadow of death, but allow ourselves to help each other see how it leads us again and again back to that home we never left, back to the house of God. Thank you for listening to the Forest Grove United Church of Christ podcast. We hope you found our discussions and interviews informative and inspiring. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a rating and review to help spread the word. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok for more updates and behind-the-scenes content. And if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to email us at podcast.fgucc.org. Thank you for your support. And we look forward to connecting with you again soon.